When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. Welcome in to the Tuesday Reckless Vikings Draft Speculation Extravaganza. Every single week from now until the NFL Draft, we're going to dive into the deep end with our guy, Thor Nystrom from Fantasy Pros and Betting Pros. You heard him on the Before We Die podcast on Purple Daily throughout the 2022 season. And uh, and you can hear sort of the, the, the recap episodes, three of them, over the last week and a half. Thor, welcome in. Are you ready for this deep dive? Gentlemen, I'm thrilled thrilled to be here. The only thing better than Viking season is draft season, so I'm ready to go. Yes. <laughs> yep. Combine, free agency, the, the draft. This is when the real football season starts. Everybody and, enjoys and the games. Right. I mean, this is when the meat and potatoes, the real football fan loves this time of year, man. So one thing I think I'm figuring out year by year here is like a lot of fans, once the season's over, a lot of fans go into hibernation that, okay, it was football overload from you know August until whenever the Vikings got eliminated or missed the playoffs or whatever. And I've even heard from some listeners of the show, maybe they just started listening in the last year and said, wow, I didn't realize how just immediately uh, urgent some of these off-season topics become. I said, yeah, this is, we love the season and we would prefer the Vikings to have gone deeper in the playoffs. But once your team is eliminated until like the end of March and then again for the NFL draft, this is how your team is constructed. This is these are the roster moves. These are this is the fun speculation for what may happen, how your team could get better. And so we're, we we do this every day on the on the main show. We're going to take a draft focus here with Thor, um, presented by our friends at TCL. No matter what you watch, TCL has award winning TVs for any budget, any space, always stunning picture quality. And TCL makes more than just TVs. They offer mobile products, audio devices, home appliances. TCL brings you joy and simplicity through innovative technology and uh, cheers to uh, all of you who have made us one of the most listened to and popular football podcasts in America. That calls for a, a cheers of a Surly Judd. Yes, it does. And guess what? Just like football, Surly never goes out of season. So when you are doing your Sims, when you're doing your mock drafts, when Thor is sitting down and crunching the numbers in the football. film, guess what? I'm willing to bet he's got a Surly right by his side. Perhaps it's a furious, a logic bomb before I die. Uh, hell, I mean, there's so many we could go on and on, but the key is do your draft prep, your free agency work, 
your off-season mashing of the National Football League with a surly by your side, and then show us your cans at Score North on Twitter. That's right. Show us those cans. Okay. So we're just going to kind of see where these go on Tuesdays. We're going to put a quarter in Thor, who uh, who knows the draft and prospects better than pretty much anybody on earth. Uh, he showed me his preparation spreadsheet last week. He texted a screenshot. I was like, wow, am I in the cockpit of a commercial airliner right now? What is this? So we want to start with Justin Jefferson's amazing. We think he's the best wide receiver in the NFL. Adam Thielen, 33 years old next year, second biggest contract on the team, wife telling everyone that he wants out on social media, uh, not the same player that he was. K.J. Osborne, he can catch some passes, not the most explosive guy. It feels like the Vikings need a Robin to J.J.'s Batman. And more specifically, it feels like they don't really have any deep threats to make. All right, so J.J., they're rolling a safety over. They're bracketing. Who can take advantage down the field for some big chunk play, some home run plays, Thor. So first round, and if you want to go beyond that, Vikings have a third round pick. Who are some deep threat wide receivers? And even to back up a step, is our assumption right that they do need this piece to bring their offense to the next level? And if they do, does it make sense for them to go after someone in the draft? Yeah, very well said and absolutely. You know, football, it's no different than basketball. It's a spacing game, right? And if you're able to just at will double-team Jefferson on the one side and not be concerned about the guy on the other side, the spacing's going to get all weird, and you're going to be able to take away the Vikings' best player. If you have a guy on the other side, the other boundary, that can take the the top off the defense at will, it it becomes a different sort of a thing. And then spacing opens up for the rest of the guys. You can't double-team Jefferson as easily. So I totally agree with that, particularly if you move on from Thielen. This is an interesting draft class in that right now there is no consensus wide receiver one. It's not a wide receiver class where I would want to take the first one. Hmm. I, I would let somebody else, you know, lead that dance off. I, I would want to be picking late first round and into the second round, into the mid second round, even late second round. I think there's going to be quality immediate starting wide receivers available. If you do go in the first round, stay, say you stay at 23, the guy to keep an eye on would be Quentin Johnston. If he falls there from TCU in that he's the true boundary receiver that wins downfield. 6'4", 215. Shades of Julio Jones in his game. I, I don't want to go quite that far with him, but that's the kind of receiver that you're looking at. And and, and a guy where, again, if you're double-teaming Jefferson every single time, you're not giving safety help on the other side. Johnson's going to be going to be able to beat you downfield. I, another guy that they're talking about in the first round, more of just a pure speed burner guy. Now, this guy you're going to have to play out of the slot, but, of course, with the Vikings, you, you could do that is Jalen Hyatt from Tennessee. To me, he's a bit of a one-trick pony, so I'm not sure with with the Vikings, with how many holes they have, if I'd want to delineate the 23rd pick to a guy like that. But you could think about him kind of like a Will Fuller. It's the same sort of a thing of just popping the top, um, and and he's going to be able to do that. You said popping the top. top. We're going to hit him with the football song. you got to pop the top. Thor knows that. Popping the top, imperative. So I I want to talk to you uh, combining this discussion about – receivers with uh, with a topic which I'm becoming passionate with as I watch more games. And, and you brought up basketball, and I feel like it's a perfect parallel because it, this is true in football and basketball. And that is a wide receiver skill position group and player who who skews to what, the, what San Francisco clearly looks for now, which is positionless guys. The thought of positionless guys. So, so I'm envisioning O'Connell, what he, he did was fine, and he certainly had some success. 
in going back and thinking about the season, I think that we can come to the conclusion that to a large degree, he probably couldn't do some things he wanted because the personnel didn't fit yet, right? So, yep. so like he's now on a mission to acquire the personnel he wants. So as we talk about this group, is there anyone that you see as sort of that modern-day Percy Harbin, Debo now type of guy who is positionless enough to create mismatches and problems that make Jefferson more of a problem as well because he's not just a deep threat, but he also is, is a guy who has to be accounted for. And you can once in a while get a linebacker matchup, which is, I think, what offensive coaches now desperately want because that just creates tremendous problems for the defense. Yeah, in, in terms of playing out of the backfield, not as many guys that we've seen do that role, although some of these guys that are doing it in the NFL, they didn't do it as much in college. So we'd have to see about that. But there are Swiss Army Knife guys, guys that you can move around the alignment that can line up in various different spots that can do a million different things. One of them, and a guy where I think if the Vikings ended up trading down out of the 23rd slot, and by the way, spoiler alert, I think there's a decent shot the Vikings end up trading out of the first round because right now you only have five picks total. Right, you, you you don't have the six, you don't have the seventh. They have the the comp pick in the fifth is their is their fifth one. They you know, and then they have the other fifth round or whatever. Um, if, if you and they don't have the second round pick, if you want to augment those picks, the, the best way to do that is by trading out of the first round and and acquiring some more. If you do that, here here's a couple other names of, of receivers to look for. Maybe early second round to mid second round. If they fall, Zay Flowers is one of my favorite receivers in this class. A kid from Boston College. Absolutely twitched up, super duper fluid. His vision in the open field is awesome. He's one of those guys that gets guys flying by him, or he breaks ankles in the open field, stuff like that. He's a smaller receiver for sure, but he wins downfield. He's able to win downfield. Not only that, here's the important thing true boundary receiver. Two thirds of his snaps came on the outside. Whereas, again, a guy like Jalen Hyatt, you're probably going to have to play him in the slot. Zay Flowers' speed and his movement is going to work from anywhere in the alignment. And he can beat bigger corners downfield, like I said. Um, another guy, Josh Downs, is a speed merchant, a, a kid from UNC. He might have to be a slot guy as well. So you're going to have to mix and match and choose where you want, you know, the, the guy, whatever. But if, if it's Downs, he'd be another guy in, in sort of the Hyatt phylum. And then if you're just thinking about pure slot, a guy that could fall down. Fans don't think this yet, but I, I, I'm, I'm telling you guys, this guy's going to fall probably into the second round is Jackson Smith and Jigba from Ohio State. He's not going to test well. If he even tests, he might just duck out of the test, which which would raise an even bigger red flag because last year he didn't play really. Yeah, I mean, is he, a hamstr- hamstring for him? The, the hamstring thing. And I was told yeah. that he could have come back at the end of the season. But, you know, at that point they had Marvin Harrison who had taken over and was dominating. And then Buka, um, and, and I think Jackson Smith and Jigbo was just like, let's shut this thing down. But if don't think about him like, you know, like you were sort of, forwarded him earlier on you know in 2021 when he had all the numbers think about him more like a Tyler Boyd a a high volume slot guy who is super well fortified and can break tackles he's the guy where if you know with Jefferson on on the one side whatever if he's taking the two guys and he's winning downfield Jackson Smith and Jigba is going to be able to destroy single single coverage out of the slot and he breaks a ton of tackles because nickel defenders have a real hard time with him once he gets that ball in his hands by the way, did you did you say Zay Flowers is uh, twitched up? Twitched up. Football. All right, we're gonna. I think this is gonna be a, a new thing here. We're gonna interrupt the Tuesday episodes to get into the the Thor glossary. <laughs> uh, explain to the audience what a twitched up football player means. 
his movement skills are ridiculous. He's a he's a joystick mover. So just think about him like on the on, on your PlayStation. Any any which way. You know, it's it's like Frogger. You can left, right, forward, back, diagonal. Anyway, and and he's he confuses the the defenders in the open field. He like I said breaks their ankles. He gets them going one way, goes the other way. Oh. Super fluid, just like Adam Thielen oh, last oh. year, right? Yeah, <laughs> no, his ankle was broken. That was the unfortunate thing. <laughs> the clown on that... the guy. So you, uh, some of these names, I'm just diving a little bit deeper here, and it's going to depend too on do they trade back? You know, do some teams like some of the skills of these receivers better than others? But, um. Let's start real quick with you mentioned Josh Downs. Yeah. I believe you threw him out there from from North Carolina, right? So he yep. is he's 31st on Pro Football Focus's big board, which I'm not singling him out because I think he's the best of all the receivers, but he's in that range where if he's if he's 31st-ish on a big board, he might be there if you stay in your slot, he might be there if you trade back. Like you said, uh almost exclusively out of the slot in college. I went and found some stats on this guy. 18 deep targets last year. As a, he's a 5 foot 10 receiver. So not a 6 foot 3, not like a, a Quentin Johnson type. He was targeted 18 times on deep passes of 20 yards or more in the air. Caught 11 of them for five touchdowns. Some of that might be maybe he was schemed wide open or something that's where Thor would have to jump in. Um he was targeted with seven 50-50 balls on deep passes. So deep 50-50 balls. He caught six of them. And uh, North Carolina's quarterback had a 144.7 passer rating when targeting Josh Downs on deep throws. So there's a little... Sometimes you wonder, can a five foot ten guy be a deep threat, a stretch of the field? Well, Tyreek Hill is one of the best deep threats in the NFL. Not because he's out-jumping players necessarily, but because he's just running by them. So... I, Josh Downs, I marked down as someone in the range with some of the skills and some of the stats that you might look at, but you'd have to tell me if that's if that's worth latching onto and getting my hopes up. No, it for sure is, yeah. And you can see him winning downfield on tape. I mean, it, it just is what it is. And his catch rate over his career was great, too, for a receiver of his size, 75%. Again, and, and also with, with the amount of targets that were coming downfield. So that could be a guy that you look at. He, he's a little bit pigeonholed, but for what the Vikings need, he could absolutely give that to him. I don't think Josh Downs ends up going in the first round. I do think he's going to fall onto the second round. So that's another guy where you trade down. There's so many of those guys that are in sort of that phylum right there. The complaint about this receiver class is you don't have the one dude, right? The one top five guy, top 10 guy, where it's like that guy is, he's got a good shot to make multiple, multiple uh, all pro teams. But you have really good depth in that that later, you know, from, you know, 20th on your big board to, 75th you have a whole bunch of them in there that can do all sorts of things and the depth of this class it goes even a little bit further than that getting into some mid-round sleepers you guys want to hit hit those for receivers oh, oh, oh boy football <laughs> oh yes well so so this is a guy one of the guys that i'm most excited about to watch next week in mobile at the senior bowl and he fits what we're talking about to a t andre yoshevis from princeton uh, six foot three, two hundred five pounds, and a track superstar. He's broken records in the NCAA. He's just been off the the beaten trail because he's been at Princeton. He was a Hawaii high school kid, so he was off the recruiting trail. Then in, in college football, a lot of people haven't seen him. But like I said, track superstar. He's he has the fastest sixty in NCAA heptathlon hepta, hepta, history, if I can say that word. Easy for Thor to say. Yeah. Easy, easy for me to say. 
People think that there's a shot that kid runs in the four twos at 6'3", 205. And another guy that wins downfield. But not only that, you hit him on the hands across the middle. It's really hard for guys to get angles on him, get clean shots on him. He's one of those guys that can take up, you know, an eight-yard pass downfield and take it to the house because he's so fast and he erases angles like that. Um, so he he'd be a guy that I would look at. His stock though might be skyrocketing here in like a week from now once we start those practices down in Mobile. Very similar to Christian Watson in terms of that from NDSU, a guy where the rise for him in the process started in Mobile. I think Yoshevis is another guy to to look at like that. Hey, so uh, are, are are the yeah. hands good? Talk to me about the hands. Troy the, the, Williamson was super fast. <laughs> he went seventh overall. Still hasn't caught that ball against the, the Broncos. Poor Tavares Jackson, RIP, made the greatest throw of his life. Hit him and, in that the ball, head. And, and that ball is still being juggled somewhere in the ether. So Yeah, better hands than Troy Williamson, although basically everyone that we're going to bring up today, that would apply to. Yeah, exactly right. So what, <laughs> what's your grade on, on the uh, catching ability? Uh, c- catching ability of Yoshevis? Yeah. Good, good. But I want to see him down in Mobile against the, the high-end FBS cornerbacks because okay. that's the one thing we haven't gotten to see yet, right? Like he was playing in the Ivy League. Before that, he's playing Hawaii high school kids. He's been dominating people his whole life. It's just we haven't gotten to see it as much because he's been outside of the spotlight. The spotlight shines on Andre Yoshevis next week. That's when they're going to be sick in those, those huge corners on him that have the, the same amount of athleticism that he does. The 6'2 kids that are 200-plus pounds that also run 4'3", 4'4". He hasn't gotten to face many of those guys in his career. Can he beat those guys off the line? Can he shake them in coverage? And can he run right by them? Uh, it's something I'm going to be keeping a close eye on in Mobile. Love it. Oh, my God. That's fantastic. <laughs> I want to throw a name at you. I don't think it's been mentioned yet, but he led all of college football in deep ball receptions with an 18 last year. SMU's Rasheed Rice. What do we know about him? Rasheed Rice is a very skilled receiver. A part of the deep uh, ball stuff at SMU was probably scheme for him. He's not the same kind of athlete as, as for instance, Yoshevis or Flowers. But I love, you talk about a hands guy. His hands are great, and he can win at all three levels. It's just he doesn't have the athletic explosion of a couple of these other guys that we're talking about, those kind of gifts. Okay. Hey, Thor, I I got a a question, too, about uh, draft philosophy as well because i think that that most folks rightfully so are saying well the vikings have to go cornerback they have to go defense they they need help there but you know part of that is i think some of the of the hangover from zimmer which was they're gonna go defense because he loves defense when you examine this how do you analyze it from the sense that I think the one thing that we can't lose sight of now is that this team is run by, as far as the coach goes, an offensive guy. So like when we're talking about this, how, how realistic do you think that their first pick, either they stand pat or trade back possibly, but that their first pick is an offensive guy because they might not skew to, we have to go defense if they think that they can take their offense from point A to point B, and actually just flat out also start to outscore teams if it's built like O'Connell wants to build. 1,000%. Yeah, I I wouldn't just say right now the Vikings are going to use that first pick on a defender. Right now, to me, it's it's closer to a coin flip or maybe 45-55. But especially, you know, a lot of this depends on on the movement of what what the Vikings, the decisions they make, you know, 
with Thielen or, or some of those guys. But specifically that when we're talking about wide receiver, because if they move on from Thielen, almost assuredly they are going to use one of their first couple picks on a wide receiver. And again, that, that's where you go into this three-dimensional chess thing of they're seeing this receiver class where there's the depth of it. That's when you can sort of incentivize yourself to trade down maybe to the the you know 10th pick of the second round or the 15th pick in the second round. You can still get a receiver that you think is going to start for you right away that'll be a great compliment to J.J., and then flesh out those picks. But, yeah, for me, I wouldn't just earmark that first pick to a defense. Not yet. Yeah. See, I think it. Like so much of this depends, too, on what do they do with with their competitive rebuild. It kind of feels like the competitive thing is the offense and the rebuild is the defense going into 2023. Um, it would be pretty surprising if Kirk Cousins wasn't the starting quarterback. And so, to me, it's kind of about how do you take an offense that – was knocking on the door, just like got into the top 10 party for the first time. They're like eighth in points or whatever. How do you go from, to me, I think there's going to be more value in going from like eighth to dominant offensively if you can. I think that's a more realistic leap for the Vikings. If you can just become a great offense instead of a pretty good offense, then whatever you can. I think defensively it's about just get younger, get faster, and find a better coordinator and see what happens. Maybe you can be the... 19th ranked defense instead so I guess my my long-winded point into a question here is how imperative is it that they do draft a receiver at some point here a guy that could make an impact in 2023 for for me it is kind of imperative particularly if you move on from Thielen but I would almost advocate for it either way the the offense it was bogging down because you can double team Jefferson at will now it's a part of the reason they went out and got Hawkinson because Doing that to Jefferson, it, we talk about spacing. It created all this space in the intermediate area that the Vikings, their their other tight ends and the tertiary receivers were not taking advantage of earlier in the season. You saw how successful Hawkinson was. A part of that is because of the help he's getting from Jefferson, taking attention away from that intermediate part of the field. If on the other side of the field, you have that guy that can now just push it deep every single time. You think about like the dominant Cowboy teams, you know, when they, they had Aikman and Irvin and Emmett Smith. On the other side, they had Elvin Harper. He, Elvin Harper's job was to scare the defense of any on any given play. I could take the top off this defense. So you have to respect that speed or they're just going to fling it downfield. The Vikings do need a guy like that. So so for me, it is. I, I got a couple more mid-round guys for you. If you guys want to go deeper sleepers here. Oh, let's deeper keep sleepers. going. Hold on. Let's keep going. Let me think about this. Go. Okay. <laughs> so Yes, uh, right here. In the mainlining sleeper wide receivers let's do this now this is another smaller receiver but he's a speed merchant he can win downfield and i think this kid's a sleeper cincinnati's tyler scott so he's only five nine and a half 185 pounds but he's already been confirmed clocked in the four twos in the 40s uh and he jumps over 40 inches in the vertical so you know he has those first couple steps explosion off the line you know he's going to be able to get deep i also like his receiving skill he's another guy that can win downfield uh rakim jarrett Stefan Diggs, you know, the, the Vikings had gotten him late out of Maryland because his career didn't quite go like he thought it would. Rakim Jarrett, in some ways, is similar to that. Six foot, 194 pounds. He's been clocked at 22.9 miles per hour on the GPS. One of the fastest in-game players in oh college God. football when he's in the open field. You know, I've seen Judd at Lifetime Fitness yeah. get close to that a couple times. You know, <laughs> My car like, doesn't like go that Drago. fast most days. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that kid, Jared, he jumps over 41 inches in the 40, or I'm sorry, in the vertical. So another kid that, that's just super uh, explosive. Uh, one other guy, uh, Bryce Ford Wheaton from West Virginia, 
was way off the, the beaten path this year because West Virginia had another poor season. But he's a big kid, six foot three and a quarter, two hundred twenty four pounds, and extremely extremely athletic. Another kid with a forty inch vertical, broad jump of ten eight, um, and his agility times have always been really good in, in the off season training as well. So that's another guy that, that I could look at, and then very very deep. If you're talking. The Vikings are able to acquire a sixth, seventh round pick, guy that might fall through the cracks a little bit. UAB's Trey Shropshire. The reason he's going to fall down, he's another guy who's a little bit on the smaller end, does not have a fleshed out game. UAB would pound the ball, pound the ball, pound the ball with a running back uh, that we're going to be talking about in this class, a kid named Dwayne McBride, uh, so, sort of like a Tyler Algier type, like street brawler type of a running back. But yeah, UAB would establish a run. Let's go. And, and then it would be the play action shots to Shropshire downfield. Shropshire has the highest A dot in this entire class, average depth of target, because they would just fling it uh, down uh, downfield to him. Very good speed and can win downfield. So, Thor, where, where do you uh, personally draw the, the line at who could immediately contribute in 2023 and guys that, that might be good eventually, but you see as more projects? It depends on like the utility that you're asking, but if you're asking them to be the the starter, you're going to want to take that guy at least on day two. Uh, so, some of these other guys, they're more um, uh, not not gadgety, but uti- utility specific. Like a guy like Shropshire, I'm not going to ask him to do anything early on, except if you need the guy to, to just threaten deep, because that, that that's all that we know he can do right now. And then some of these other guys, they're just not as polished. Uh, Bryce Ford Wheaton would be an example of that, a guy with a really good body with athleticism that we have seen win downfield, but he's just not as polished as some of these other different guys. But if, if you want that immediate starter, I think you're going to be able to get him on day two. Hey, can we let, – let's actually revisit the Vikings draft class from last year too. We can go through some of the non-receivers. But, you know, Jalen Naylor got a, a couple cups of coffee in garbage time. Or, hey, Nick Mullins is in the game now. So, uh, Jalen Naylor, go out there and catch some passes, have some fun. He wound up catching nine passes for a buck seventy nine and a touchdown. Had a couple big chunk plays. He, he was a big play guy at Michigan State, six round pick last year. What do you think his role could be? Is 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 he more than just a jag for for the Vikings going forward? I, I yes, I mean he he certainly is going to be a con- more contributing on next year's team. And depending on what happens with this offseason, like let's say they get rid of Thielen and then they they don't sign anyone, and you're just sort of moving people up. He's a guy that might even be a starter next year. Um, and, and if he was, you might put him on the outside because Osborne would probably be considered more of the slot guy. But just say they stand pat outside of get, getting rid of Thielen. I was really impressed with the looks that we got uh, with Naylor. And I think you guys remember from last spring, I was a fan of Naylor. He, the only reason he was available to the Vikings at the price point they got him was because he was consistently nicked up in college. That's something you'll have to keep an eye on. He, he did have that, the durability questions, whatever. But in those 59 snaps he had with the Vikings, he looked very, very good with the caveat that it was garbage time. But we saw that athleticism and that ability to win at different sectors of the field when he was at Michigan State. How, how imperative um, do you think scouts now see it at this position as well, that guys have the ability uh, to play all of the spots. It feels like you used to draft a guy and he was an outside receiver, you know, or or you drafted a slot guy. But the threat now, in my opinion, is if you can, if you're versatile enough to move around, it becomes a matchup problem. So how, how much do you think now in 2023, um, there is an emphasis in scouting on the ability to look at, at a guy and if nothing else, project that he could play the slot and the outside? 
It's very important. Yeah, and, and you know, you t- we talk about, like, a team like the 49ers that's still here, the positionless football kind of a thing. With wide receivers, the ability to go across the formation, line up at different different spots in the formation, and then win at different levels of the field, it's super-duper important. And that's going to be a facet of the Vikings' uh, offense going forward, obviously. It's something that they're going to put uh, be- additional value on if a receiver is able to do that. So how much, because, you know, if you start to do the math on, all right, you get rid of these five or six guys to free up some cap space. Okay, but that's also like five or six starting positions you need to account for, right? You might you might say goodbye to both your starting linebackers. You Right now, you're, the three guys who are starting at corner for you in the nickel formation at the end of the year are all free agents. Duke Shelley, Patrick Peterson, Chandon Sullivan. Uh, so so the, those are three spots. Your starting center is a free agent. You might be able to create... 35, 40, 45 million in cap space, but you only have a handful of draft picks. So you need guys internally. You're not going to fill all these spots with free agents and 2023 draft picks. You need guys from the last couple classes to step up. And just looking at last year's class specifically, Lewis seen big question mark, right? Dude had a gruesome leg injury. Andrew Booth injured in college, injured again in the NFL. Ed Ingram was one of the worst offensive guards in the league. Um, allowed the most pressures of any guard. Asamoah barely played on defense. A Caleb Evans. So, how do you size up what they have from last year's draft class? I mean, could could Ty Chandler, if they say goodbye to Dalvin Cook and Alex Madison's a free agent, could he get a, get a starting look? Like, what do you see with that draft class a year later now? Yeah, I mean, the point's well taken. You know, as far as the overall class, it's an incomplete grade so far. We didn't see many of these guys last year. Not many of them contributed. But, you know, as far as Louis seen, I would be looking at him as a week one starter next year, assuming the medicals come back good on him. We, You know, that's something that we don't have access to. But as long as that's going pretty well, you have to rely on him for that, um, especially assuming that you get rid of uh, Harrison Smith, if that's going to happen. Um, you know, and then Andrew Booth, I wouldn't be relying on Andrew Booth quite as much next year. He was a, a pure project coming out where the measurables were fabulous. I mean, the, the guy's like a built-in-a-lab-type cornerback. And when he triggers forward, the acceleration, everything like that, crashing downhill, great, can contest at the catch point, et cetera. But Andrew Booth was a riverboat gambler in college, just sort of like Louis Seen was, which is, you know, part of the reason why the Vikings were able to get those guys at the price points that they got them. Kwesi was very clearly running his draft like the Wall Street guy. He was looking at these stock assets, and it's like, well, this guy's falling into the price range. Maybe that's below where he should have gone in terms of what his ceiling is. But then, of course, you have to assume more risk. So what is your risk threshold within that? The Vikings obviously showed last draft process that their risk threshold is pretty high because that's what they were going for, the ceiling guys. We weren't expecting a lot of those guys to, to contribute immediately. Andrew Booth, nobody thought he was going to come in and start from day one. Um, I don't know that I would right now, after what I've seen on the field this past year, that I would want to uh, you know, be counting on him to be the starter in week one next year, just speaking with Booth. But Ed Ingram's going to be a starter again next year. Just got to improve in the pass pro. He was pretty good run blocking. Pass yeah. pro was an absolute adventure week in and week out. That's got to be better, but he has the physical tool set for it. I mean, the, the guy's super duper long. He's got the long ropey arms. He's got enough play pop, play strength, play power, um, and his athleticism's just fine. He he was just getting discombobulated by the veterans with, with the pass rushing moves. You could get him on the rocker going one way or the other. Or, or else, once he got afraid of that, then you could just bull rush him right into Kirk's lap and he'd step on Kirk's feet and whatever. If he gets better with, <laughs> with the pass bro stuff, starts thinking like a veteran, progresses with that, the game slows down for him, 
he's going to become an above average starting guard really quick. Cause again, the run blocking's already there. And Asamoah for sure is going to be starting in week one next year. Absolutely. By the way, Ed Ingram, if you're looking for a consultant, uh, you know, our guy, Alex Boone would, uh, <laughs> would absolutely correct some of these mechanical issues that he's Line been up doing properly, dude. <laughs> Line up properly. He was do, he was too deep and stepping on Kirk's foot. Um, on uh, Asamoah, how surprised were you, Thor, that they – and this to me was a bit of, of a red flag from a coaching standpoint, that they didn't give him more of, of a chance. Like when it's so obvious that Kendricks and especially Hicks, um, they're savvy, they're smart, but they couldn't literally keep up. Asamoah can. And you, you t- told us at um, – I think when we did the party at Surly – that Asamoah's problem was against the pass, but against the run, he, he could be a stud. And it just seemed to me like that was the type of player that now a lot of teams that are smart in the draft will take in the fifth round, and then they will incorporate him slowly but surely. But by the, by December, he's playing a ton. How, how much do you think that there was a missed opportunity there to at least close the gap a little bit in the lack of speed by the fact that they incorporated Asamoah, but not nearly as much as we expected to where he, he was basically a non-factor in the playoff game before the concussion when Hicks and Kendricks were getting done continually by the Giants. Yeah, the the thing that, that was really optimistic about as far as the, the playing time share was, like you mentioned, down the stretch he was playing more and more. Unfortunately, he got banged up with the two different injuries, Hurt a little bit, you know. I, I, th- I believe he just flat out missed the last regular season game trying to rest him up for the playoffs, but was yep. obviously banged up at the end of the year. Now that's something you do have to watch going forward because he is an undersized linebacker, and he's also he welcomes contact, right? Like, I mean, he's a guy that loves to play in the box, loves to fly downhill. Um, you, he, I mean, he's fine going up against the offensive lineman. He's not going to win many of those battles, but if you keep the offensive lineman off of him, he's getting to the running back and he's going to take him down. And, and, you know, the, the thing that was most promising about his on-field utility this year, you mentioned it, the coverage at Oklahoma, he was terrible in coverage. There was almost no way to hide him, but I mean, the, the Vikings linebackers that, the, you know, uh, Hicks and, and Kendrick <laughs> were so bad in coverage that it became apparent pretty quickly that Brian Asamoah was actually the best Vikings linebacker in coverage that they were playing. Um, so that part of his game looked to be better, especially in a zone scheme, if, if you're going to you know keep that way. I, I trust that he'll be able to do that. The instincts were always there. You always saw those on tape against the run. Not hard for those to translate into the past. Once he gets good coaching, you've already started to see that stuff come around. As far as not playing earlier in the season, I think that was just having the two veterans and, frankly, the defensive coaching staff not being, not, not being what we had hoped. Yeah. Yeah, they just like they they just it was almost like they couldn't stomach telling Jordan Hicks or Eric Kendricks. They you 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 knew that they were onto it when they started mixing in Asamoah for scheduled series like once in the once in the first half for Kendricks, once in the first half for Hicks. It was like their way of, "Hey guys, uh we're just going to yeah, 17 game season, you know, it's uh but there probably wasn't a big come to Jesus meeting and saying, "Guys, you get you're getting torched by running backs, tight ends and mobile quarterbacks, but uh, I think it's time for us to do our own Football. mock draft simulation. Yeah. We're going to go through a first round. That's right. Oh, mock draft simulation here. Well, oh, Declan's got the, I chimes. got the chime. Oh, we're not. Oh, wow. That's me. This, He's in charge of this the means chime. now Judd's going to call for it at the complete random times when I don't have the page open. But nah, yes, you know I what? do I'm have not the chime. I won't be. No, no, no. That's not true. I don't use the chimes a lot. You should bring the chimes to uh, Park Tavern. Just yeah. set up at the bar and, uh, you know, belly up and 
just drive the bartender crazy by playing the chimes, Judd. You know what if we uh, what if we thought about our, our draft party being held at exactly this place, Park Tavern, St. Louis Park, my neck of the woods. Look at that! You got bowling, you got two bars, you've got several banquet rooms for groups. Park Tavern is a great time for the entire family. And it's a great time for your group. And I'm not talking a group of 10, a group of 15. That's easy peasy. I'm talking a group of 40 or 50 for a birthday party, a fantasy league draft, 952-929-6810, parktavern.net, parktavern.net. Guys, if you want to be a hero, you can plan your kid's birthday party. Tell your wife, I've got it. Contact Park Tavern. They'll do all the work. Don't tell folks, of course, but you will get all the credit, parktavern.net. Check it out. If you book a group gathering at Park Tavern, it also helps us. So if you if you if you just want to do a solid for the show, book a group gathering at I Park Tavern. Invite me, and I'm right by it. And invite Judd. Yes, I'll, I'll walk down the I'll street. I'll show. <laughs> I'll walk down the street, show, and drink some beers with you. Uh, Prize Picks is the easy way to play daily fantasy. So you pick between two and five players and an over under on their projections. You can win up to ten times on any entry and Thor was telling us before the show that in the past they've done they've done combine over unders. Oh Shoot if we could just do barrel. forty <laughs> times <laughs> Yeah, get just unleash Thor on prize picks uh for those combine over unders. You can run mixed sport entries so you could you know you can run if you want to take the over on maybe Ant going over uh whatever his point total is and you want to fade a golfer, you can do that. Use the promo code NORTH and Price Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Promo code NORTH and Price Picks will match up to $100. Check out the app or the website, pricepicks.com. All right, boys, it's time here. I want to mock. Mock! Let's pop this up here. So usually we go with uh, the Draft Network. And I don't know what the best way. Uh, Dex, you go ahead and yeah. finagle this however you want to. Um, the Draft Network has, uh, they're like rebuilding their mock draft simulator. So what? we'll see if they get that done soon. So we are doing, on behalf of the Vikings, we are the Vikings front office here. They have they have fired everyone, and they have put, for some reason, the four of us idiots in charge. And uh, we're picking 23rd. Pro Football Focus is the platform here, boys. And so I'm just going to – we can make trade. We can do whatever we want here. Let's, let's make Thor the general manager, and we'll just be like the idiot scouts that chime in with our opinions once in a while. I'm sure the scouting department loves that. <laughs> hey, Thor, can I get a sandwich? <laughs> so so the Bears are on the clock here. I'm just going to click start draft. I'll pause it after every two or three picks, and then we can have some conversation. All right? Are you ready? Let's do it. To mock. The Bears are on the clock. And with the number one pick, they select Georgia lineman Jalen Carter. I like that with the number two overall pick, I'll go through the first four and pause it here. The first quarterback off the board to the Texans, Will Levis from Kentucky. Edge rusher Tyree Wilson from Texas Tech Ooh. goes to the Cardinals at three. And then Bryce Young, quarterback Alabama, to the Colts at four. Thor? Well, yeah, my, my thoughts on this are if the Bears are stuck at one, my supposition has always been that they're going to take Jalen Carter. I think that they'll take him above Will Anderson. Jalen Carter is more dominant per snap, you know, when he's on the, than Will Anderson is. So I, I think if, if they can't trade down, obviously the Bears at Druthers would be to trade down, stay in the top five. Maybe you get one of those two guys. But if, if they're stuck at one, I think Jalen Carter's the pick. 
Levis at two is uh, kind of interesting and, and humorous. I don't think he deserves to go in the top five, but his tools are very, very good. And he's got a really good personality. You know, people like to be around him, charismatic guy. Um, but it, he was way too inconsistent in college for me. He does have the big arm and he's athletic, but I, that's not where I would have gone. The funny thing about this scenario is that, I mean, with the Colts at number four, another team that, that needs the quarterback, obviously, the Colts are not going to take Bryce Young. They're the one team in the NFL that needs a quarterback that I'm pretty confident in saying that about. Lance Zierlein had this this great anecdote about going into the, the Colts draft room, talking with Chris Ballard, their, their decision maker there. The Colts have a threshold, a height threshold at the quarterback position of six foot one. Bryce Young is maybe five foot eleven. He falls under that threshold comfortably. The Colts will not be coming out of this draft with Bryce Young. I'm not sure if I would trust the Colts like like drawing the hard line on uh, on quarterbacks. Although they did identify Andrew Luck ten years ago, so there was that. Yeah. Let's keep going here. Okay. Seahawks are on the clock here with the number five overall pick. And they select Will Anderson, edge rusher from Alabama. What if that dude falls to five? My God. Miles Murphy, a little run on on edge guys here. All right, we'll pause it because we have multiple more quarterbacks coming out the board. So Will Anderson falling to five. There's some speculation he could go number one if the Bears stay in their slot. Uh, Miles Murphy, the edge rusher from Clemson to the Lions at six. C.J. Stroud to the Raiders. And then Anthony Richardson to the Falcons. So we have four quarterbacks off the board in the first eight picks, you guys. Yeah, it, it seems a little bit uh, rich as far as like Richardson goes with the other quarterbacks that are in this class. I don't know if he ends up going in the top 10, especially to a team like the Falcons that used a day two pick on a quarterback last year. What we'll end up seeing on that with C.J. Stroud, he's for sure going in the top 10. This scenario would be perfect for the Raiders. This is something like they're hoping for. Um, I, I think if, if they had their druthers, it's it's if Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud falls to seven, the interesting thing here, knowing that the Colts wouldn't take Bryce Young, if they took Stroud instead, that could be a scenario where Bryce Young falls down a little bit. I think Bryce Young is the best player in the draft, regardless of position, but he falls beneath all the thresholds. Uh, he's even smaller than Kyler Murray and, you know, pure po- pocket pass or whatever. So it's going to be interesting to see how the NFL ends up viewing him. But from just a quarterback perspective, best playmaker, best decision maker in the draft for sure. And he's got the arm too. Hmm. So, Thor, where do you think ultimately Stroud goes? Uh, for me, Stroud, he would be more like the fourth pick, I think, to the to the Colts, or even the second pick uh, to the Texans, depending on what happens at number one. If another team trades up to number one, and you know, for instance, takes Bryce Young, that's yep. where I think you could see the Texans go. You know, I guess it would be either Stroud or, or Levis, but I, I think Stroud would be in play there. Uh, but Stroud's not going to fall beneath seven. I, I think that's probably the floor for him. You know, Anthony Richardson's a really interesting case here because you could absolutely see him going to a... He could be the fourth quarterback off the board to a quarterback needy team in the top 10, right? Just like this scenario. But with his accuracy issues, and maybe he's not a guy that can just come in and start in his first season, I don't... I I, I wouldn't be shocked if he fell out of the first round, too. What, I guess, am, am I wrong on that? What's sort of the range of, of Anthony Richard? Is he a guy that could be there when the Vikings are drafting late in the first round? Absolutely could. Yeah, I mean, the you know, when when teams are there in their war rooms in April and, and all the coaches are around and everything like that, and now you got to swallow a pill of, we're going to take a guy at the sport's most important position that has an insane ceiling, but we know he's not going to contribute at all next year. 
that's where the coaches are looking around the room like, well, but we have to be employed beyond next year. And so that's where the equation starts to go against some of those guys, and they start to fall down a little bit. We saw that in, in, in last year's class. Uh, it, it could happen again with a high upside guy like Richardson. All right, I've, I've clicked play here, and so we can rattle off a few more of these picks. We'll stop once we get through the Packers pick here just to see uh, how they piss Aaron Rodgers off. <laughs> so we've got more Alabama and Ohio State players going here. Uh, no wide receivers yet as we get through 15. So the Packers would have had a chance to add another young wide receiver. Instead, they go with uh, the Iowa edge rusher Lucas Van Ness. We got a little run on uh, offensive tackles. Paris Johnson to the Eagles from Ohio State. And uh, the Northwestern tackle is a Peter uh, Skoronsky. It's a great off. Skoronsky is a great (laughs) offensive line name, you guys. Let's get it. And a little run on cornerbacks here, too. On Skoronsky? I said, is he a left or right tackle? He well, in my opinion, he's going to go to guard. He's more of like a Zach Martin, I think, where oh. he's a dominant tackle in college. But I think they're going to kick him inside. There are some teams that will look at him as as a, a tackle potentially. I doubt they would start him out on the left side, even if a team that was super high on him did that. Maybe right tackle, but I, but the guard projection is so clean. That kid is going to make multiple Pro Bowls uh, at, at guard. I mean, easy. It's an easy projection. All right, gentlemen, a few more picks have come off the board here including the first running back off the board before the first wide receivers come off the board, Bijan Robinson from Texas to the Commanders. And now we get the wide receiver run here. Quentin Johnston, the six foot four beast from TCU to the Steelers at 17. Thor's guy Zay Flowers off the board early here. To the Lions just oh, adding wow. another weapon. Oh, my God. For Jared Goff and Dan Campbell. The Buccaneers take edge rusher Nolan Smith from Georgia. And then at 20, Anton Harrison, offensive tackle Oklahoma to the Seahawks. The Dolphins forfeit their pick. So there's two picks. Let's let's go through these next two picks and put the Vikings on the clock here, okay? So the Chargers, there's Jordan Addison, the second receiver off the board. And uh, oh, music to our ears. And then Michael Mayer, the first tight end off the board from tight end U, which is Notre Dame. So, the Vikings are on the clock. Let's we do have a trade offer that we can look at, but let's look at Thor. You can see the screen here. Who here are some of the best players available per the PFF rankings? Uh, we'd like to know what the Thor rankings say here too. Yeah, Jackson Smith and Jake, but I'm not going to take him at at 23. That would just be the scenario where he starts free falling down, but he will contribute for it immediately out of the slot. So I wouldn't take him here. Cam Smith and Joey Porter Jr., both guys you're going to have to consider if if you stay in this slot because they're guys that are going to come in and immediately start for you at cornerback. They'll take one of those two spots, obviously a spot where the Vikings are very – very weak right now. Um, I don't think the Vikings will take a line. You know, linebacker is a need for sure. But again, Quasi being an analytics guy, most of the analytics guy do not view linebackers as a spot where you take them in the middle of the first round. So I don't think that they would take him either. Um, a lot of edge rushers in here, it looks like. A lot of edge is, this, is this a place where you let's look at our trade here? Yeah, let's see it. All right. The Bengals looks like the Bengals have offered a trade here, I think. Yeah, this is the exact type of trade that you were talking about, Thor. Or so no, what, I don't know. Maybe not. This is what do we got I, here? I thought we had an offer, but it. I, I'm also terrible at reading this interface, so <laughs> uh, we can we can offer trades if we want as well. So if Thor, if you have a, a team that you'd like to move back with here, just for fun, 
is the value trading back with the way that the board has played out? Or would you make a pick here? I think I would trade back. Um, you know, the, again, the, the receivers, Zay Flowers went above us, but there's all those receivers that we were talking about where that that, that sweet spot there, right? I, I think you can still get a guy there in the second round. If I'm stuck here, I'm going to take one of the corners. It would depend on what the offer is. So what what, what are these guys offering us? Well, we, so so they're offering us nothing right now, and I don't have my uh, my draft trade chart. But let's just see if if we swap picks with the Bengals. I got the trade chart. If they <laughs> oh, ki- yeah. if they kicked in, yes. uh, let's see here. If they kicked in their third, so if you swap the twenty three and the twenty eight, and they kicked in the ninety second pick, this trade has a ninety seven percent chance of being accepted. You could do something like that. So so they're giving us twenty eight and ninety two. Yep, and yep. and we'd be giving up twenty three. The trade chart says so. The the Vikings pick worth two hundred forty five points at twenty three. The Bengals twenty eighth pick is worth two hundred nine points. The ninety second one is worth forty three points. So that's pretty pretty spot on then. Yeah. Okay. Let's offer this. You guys want to offer? You want to want to move back five and pick up an extra draft pick in Let's the third round? We could use okay. another day two pick. Let's do this. All right, we're gonna offer this, and they accepted it. Ah, we fleeced them. Done. Let's take it. Way go crazy. All right, we're going to resume here, and now we're going to be picking in five spots. Let's resume the draft. Okay. Bengals on the clock. Joy Porter Jr. There's uh, Nijigba, the Ohio State receiver. Another tight end off the board from Oregon State. Cam Smith goes to the Cowboys at 26. A linebacker, Trenton Simpsons. Now the Vikings are back on the clock. Few players on the board here, Thor. What do you want to do? Let's let's scroll down a little bit more to see who else we got. We're trading back again. By the way, I set this to be a one round mock. In the future, next week we can do as many rounds as you as you want. We don't have to like get bogged down in it, but if we don't if we trade out of the first round, we will just not be picking on today's episode. Oh, so. okay. <laughs> so, so we, we could we, we could we make, must a, make a pick. Yeah, or trade back to like thirty first and you know make a make a pick that way. Sure. Um, yeah, out of these guys, do it, do it one more time. Go down. Okay. Tanner McKee is there, by the way. Quarterback Stanford. Stashing behind Kirk for a year. Yeah, I wouldn't use a premium pick on a guy like that. The, the value right here where you're looking at this, and this is not a surprise. It's with the edge rushers. We know that mm. the edge rushers, it's a deep position here. But if the Vikings bring back Zadarius Smith and you have those two guys, it's another thing where it opens up the possibilities for the trading down where you're going to be able to accrue value, accrue value, accrue value. Yeah. I think um, Zadarius is gone. Anytime you scrub all the Viking stuff off your Instagram, you know, 48 hours after the season, I think it's probably over for him. Yeah, I mean, out of these guys, like Osiris Torrance, you don't need him as much because ostensibly you already have the resources in the guards. Obviously, you're not going to take a tackle. Siaki Ika would work if, you, if you're keeping the 3-4 defense, depending on the decision you make with Delvin Tomlinson. Siaki Ika is just like a um, – he's a guy that just smashes heads together. It's like a Vince Wilfork type. Type God, I love that. Football. He doesn't shut as well as Vince Wilford, but he occupies as well as anybody. And you've seen some of these playoff teams, uh, particularly the Eagles and the 49ers, they, they move their linemen a lot, you know, and, yep. and they want them getting outside and pulling and stuff like that. And those teams have been complaining that the defensive linemen are holding them. You very rarely see defensive holding called. Um, and so when you got a guy like Ika that can take care of two linemen at once, uh, for especially a 3-4 system, that, that's something that would work out. Um 
Are, did we get any more offers? No, it says no one's interested. Yeah. <laughs> oh, come on. Yeah, we're stuck, man. We're stuck. Right. Oh, Let's okay. pick your favorite edge take rusher. A, yeah, here. take an edge. Uh, I might go Ujulari here then. The LSU off the, the edge rusher. Yeah. Right. There we go. His brother's already in the NFL. We know he can get off the edge and make plays. Um, again, you know, if Zedarius is coming back, the Vikings don't need an edge rusher. But in, in the scenario where they do, there's going to be plenty of them here. Ujulari is a guy that made a lot of plays in, in college. He's going to test very well. Long lever kick coming off the edge. I, so I think P- that'd be fine. PFF is giving us a, a B for the trade because we picked up an extra third-round pick. Uh, a C plus for Ojalara. It's just based on where they have players sort of slotted right now, and uh, there it is. That's our first ever running the Vikings front office. Very we've nice. Got, we've got an extra pick and an edge rusher in an edge rusher heavy draft, and maybe maybe we'll do a, a second third round thing so we can play out like wide receivers and some other positions. Maybe even a future quarterback. And really so, and truly, I would have traded down again. It's just that we you know we we had to, to yeah. do it with the, the one round thing, but accruing those extra picks to flesh out your class when you only have five picks, I think is something that's of the utmost importance and doing these exercises is cool because you get to see where the depth of that class is, who could be available and the kind of offers that you might get, you know, in those scenarios. If there are, of those two corners, if the Vikings had stood pat there, which one would you take in the first round? Out of uh, the two uh, corners Por- that Porter yeah. and Cam Smith. Yes. Uh, probably Joey Porter. Um, because I have seen Joey Porter shut down a procession of stud future NFL superstar receivers. He shut out the lights on the Ohio State kids the last couple of years, got a, got a crack at Marvin Harrison, got a crack before that at Wilson and Olave. He has consistently played well against that top competition. I want to see him, and, and this, this applies to Cam Smith too. There's some of those cornerbacks up there at the top where I, I don't need to see them test because I already know that they're going to test like athletic marbles. Uh, Joey Porter, I want to see him test to see how, you know, I want to see what the speed is. I want to see what the movement is in the cone drills. Cam Smith's another guy like that, where Cam Smith is a super heady outside boundary receiver, made a lot of plays in college, but he's not the most athletic cornerback. Uh, So, so Cam Smith, his, his ceiling might be capped beneath superstar, but the cost certainty is way higher. You know, he's going to come in again, a heady player. Um, he's very good off, you know, pressing off the line, everything like that can stay with you. He's a guy where you know that he's going to be good for a long time. He's going to be able to start for you for a long time. Just might have more of a, a cap ceiling. Oh, God, in- inject football, all of this. Football, yes. Yeah, oh. By the way, that mock draft simulation presented by our friends at Federated Mutual Insurance Company. They've been around for over 100 years, helping businesses maximize their level of success through risk management tools and resources. Yeah, it's like having a great, reliable offensive line for your business. So check them out at federatedinsurance.com if you want to find out which industries they specialize in. And uh, if you want to find a contact for your local marketing representative, again, Federated Insurance, where it's our business, to protect yours. That is Thor Nystrom from Fantasy Pros, Betting Pros, one of the foremost great, draft authorities. He'll be in Mobile at the combine, or at the uh, Senior Bowl next week and uh, we'll do this every Tuesday a deep dive reckless Vikings draft speculation on Purple Daily reckless Thor speculation. thank you dude we appreciate you thanks for coming on gentlemen thanks for having me can't wait to do this all the rest of the Tuesdays up until the draft great that time of great. year LFG alright we'll see you guys a bonus episode of Purple Daily coming out also on this Tuesday why the Vikings should consider trading Daniil Hunter we'll lay that out so see you guys